This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 932, Comic Talk, Spider-Man Movies. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 932. It's a comic talk episode. This time I'm talking about Spider-Man movies. So really, it's less of a comic talk episode, I guess, and more of a movie talk, but I digress. This is just a solo episode, so it's relatively short. It's going to be about 10 to 20 minutes of me yammering on for some reason. Uh, this time, I just kind of want to talk about Spider-Man movies. Uh, I wonder why. Um, so, I mean, as the day I'm recording this, uh, which is, I guess, I don't even know what day it is. I think it's the 13th of December. We have... Um, I guess the first press screenings are happening as I speak. It's 9.11 p.m., so I think that they've already started or are about to start somewhere. Anyways, uh, the first Spider-Man screenings of uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, and I feel like this is interesting because I feel like even when Avengers Endgame came out, I didn't feel like there was going to be the level of spoiler-tude that there is with No Way Home. Uh, and I guess the biggest reason is that, you know, everyone kind of... I, I feel like you, you watch the trailers, you really had no sense of what Avengers Endgame was actually going to be about or what you were actually going to see at the end. But I, I guess there's this this overall sense that you knew that you were going to see Thanos. You, were, you know, you, were, you didn't realize he was, you know, going to get killed at the beginning and they were going to do a time travel time heist. I don't think that part was necessarily evident. Or no, I guess it probably was because you knew that they were doing something with, you know, those new suits and the quantum realm. You never, you didn't really know. But I guess there wasn't as big of a question of, you know, will they, won't they, or, you know, I think everyone kind of knew you're going to have like, all the characters come back. Um, but, you know, the, the how was more of a question. And then in this movie with Window Way Home, um, I feel like in a lot of ways, like Sony has been given this gift which is also a double-edged sword. <laughs> so they've been given a sword. It's got two edges. Uh, on the one hand, like, this movie marketed it itself. They almost didn't even have to do anything. And I I really wonder, and I, I would love to, you know, 40 years from now, hear an actual, you know, recounting or oral history of the marketing of this film, and just to kind of understand, like, you know, if Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are in this movie, which we do not know that they are, um, and I think looking back, if they end up being in the movie, everyone will make fun of them for so long, like all the denials and all the, you know, I'm not really in the movie and, you know, all these vehement denials that people have made and, uh, you know, you're going to be disappointed because they're not in the movie. And then they the, if they end up being in the movie, it's one of those things where like, well, of course they had to lie. They had to lie. They're trying to keep the surprise, even though maybe it was a very, you know, there was the best kept, worst kept secret in Hollywood. But at the same time, what if they're not in the movie? And uh, are people just going to be bummed because they built something up for themselves? Like, if you think about it, like, the, the narratives that people have built up for themselves, like, the idea that they want Andrew Garfield, you know, he, they want him in the movie, and they want him to be the one who saves MJ as kind of a, you know, coming full circle because he couldn't save the love of his life, being able to save another Spider-Man's love of his life. Um, you know, that 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 sounds great. Um it may not happen. Even if he's in the movie, it may not happen. And it's one of those things where, like, I feel like this movie, because in some ways uh, the hype 
has not really shown you too much. I mean, I feel like in a, in a lot of ways we know a lot about this movie. We know about, you know, or at least we think we do. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a two and a half hour movie. We've seen a couple, you know, a few minutes, but we haven't seen that much. And who knows what could, you know, be in those hours we haven't seen already. But it's really fascinating to kind of hear the theories. And I just feel like everyone's going to be disappointed. And, you know, it reminds me of WandaVision, but I, I feel like that was different. I feel like people read a lot into WandaVision. I think it's because you were getting it every week and you were getting more and more excited and you wanted to believe in crazy big things happening. It ended up being pretty cool, but not Mephisto, not the craziness that, you know, some of the fan theories that people that were spouting every week, sometimes it's not that complicated or confusing. Um, but then, you know, what about with No Way Home? You know, is it? People just so riled up and want to believe in what they want this movie to be. And what if it's not that? I was saying to a friend of mine, I'm like, well, what if we just get alternate Spider-Mans that are all played by Tom Holland? And he's like, three out of ten. Fuck that. <laughs> he's like, give me Toby or Andrew or Bust, actually. So, I mean, so I'm seeing it Thursday. It's funny because uh, originally there was like Thursday evening tickets. I'm like, all right, 6.30 or 7.30. We're going to go to a 7.30 show. And then, they show, and then it looked like a, a you know, a, a two or three weeks later and they have like a three o'clock show on Thursday. I'm like, fuck you. What? Just say it's releasing Thursday then. Like, yeah, it's one thing to be like, you know, originally it used to be midnight screenings. Then it was like 10 o'clock screenings. Then it was like seven o'clock screenings. I'm like, all right, whatever. Three o'clock, dude, that's just, it's just coming out a day early now. Like, the, the, don't, don't, don't lie anymore. Um, so my wife and I are going to see it on this, I guess, whatever the, I guess the 16th of the Thursday. Um, so very excited to see it. I'm, you know, beside myself with, with excitement. She's less excited, but excited to see a movie. She hasn't been in a proper movie theater since, I guess, February or March 2020. Um, I recently kind of was able to I, uh, in a previous episode, I went and saw a Turtles. Um, and actually, my wife co-hosted that episode, and you know, I, I felt emotional being in a movie theater again. Anyways, the, so the theater that we're going to go see No Way Home in, we get uh, it's in Canada. We have our VIP seating, so it's got much lower capacity. Um, you're definitely set apart from each other. Um, we, you know, it's kind of in pods of two anyway. So we felt like that we'd be more comfortable doing that since you know one of our children is you know almost three years old. She has. Uh, you know, no vaccine. The other one just got his first vaccine now that they're, he was approved because he's over five. Um, so he got one a couple weeks, actually two weeks to the day that he got a, a flu vaccine. He got his uh, his first COVID shot, um, which he was very excited about. So, you know, with kids that are not vaccinated and with new variants coming up every day and, you know, concerns are only worse, uh, you know, we weren't sure about going to a packed movie theater because this movie is going to sell out and it did sell out in the showings that we're going to, but at least it has reduced capacity. So we're very excited to see it. And again, I'm beside myself with excitement. And so I, you know, as I speak, you know, people are seeing this movie and it's one of those things where like, I feel like you just have to not be on the internet for a while because people will just bullshit just to be dicks. And, and it's interesting though, because I do feel like there's part of me that does want to just know, are Toby and, and Andrew Garfield in the movie? Part of me also doesn't want to know. Part of me wants to go into the movie not knowing. But, you know, again, it's this idea of expectations. Because if you go into a movie and you know they're not going to show up, I think that way you're not waiting for them to show up. Or if you know they're going to show up, now you're like, okay, I can comfortably know that they're coming, but I don't have to be like, oh my God, are they in the movie? And so I I get that feeling. So my friend, uh, Leonor Alana, who may or may not be eventually listening, he won't listen to this episode, but I might listen to that, to the one I do on on No Way Home. He's seeing it a few days after me, so he's seeing it on Sunday. And I was like, uh, you know, do you want me to text you anything about the movie? He's like, just just tell me that they're in it. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm like, okay, like that's all he wants. Like, and uh, oh, and he was like, tell me if one of them dies, because uh, he's he's taking his son. His son is eight years old, uh, just 17 days old with the mine. And I'm not taking my son to the movie, and that's a whole other thing. But uh, it's funny because when we we took my son to see Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse or whatever it was called into the Spider-Verse, um, and he was five. Um, and I had heard that it was, you know, good and, you know, it's good for, you know, a wide, you know, variety of audience and ages. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll take this out of the movie. Uh, I hadn't really read, you know, common sense media, which now I read a lot of because I will never live this down. Um, so, you know, my wife and I take him to the movie actually with Eric, Eric Anthony, who's been on the show before. And, uh, we watch this movie and, uh, you know, Actually, did we see with Eric Anthony? I thought we did, but maybe we didn't. Oh, I could have sworn we did. Now oh, this is going to bug me. Maybe we didn't see it with him. I thought we did, though. I can't remember. Anyways, um, oh, that's going to bug me. Uh, Zach was, you know, upset because, you know, Spider-Man gets murdered on screen. And that did not know that was going to happen. He was five years old. It's an animated movie. That part's a little extreme. The rest of the movie is actually fairly, you know, not you know without its moments but um that part was the roughest part everything else was pretty good and i've never lived it down because uh now whenever i show him anything i'm very concerned about um you know what if if it's going to be appropriate anyway so i've not shown my son homecoming or far from home i think i'm getting close to it but you know common sense media says this should be 10 12 and he's still eight so he's not quite there my buddy's like well we saw batman and i'm like yeah i did see Batman. I didn't see Batman in theaters. I definitely saw it at home, as far as I know. But I think I saw Batman Returns in theaters, and I would have been nine when that came out, which means I would have seen Batman already. Um, but I, I feel like we just watched harsher stuff, and maybe we shouldn't have been. And he's like, oh, we watched it when we were young. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean we necessarily should have. Like, there were earlier generations that like, they did crazy stuff at young ages, but that doesn't mean they should have been doing that, or that that was the best, most healthy thing. Anyway, so I know that his son has watched, you know, all the, you know, the homecoming and Far From Home, and my son has not. Now, let's talk about some Spider-Man movies. So, obviously, in a movie like this, more than any other, uh, suddenly knowledge of previous films feels like maybe it matters, maybe it won't, depending on, you know, what they actually do with these characters. Just because you have characters who play with the same... Uh, actors doesn't mean that you're necessarily getting the exact versions that we got in the previous movies, although I just feel like it'd be lunch bag letdown if, it, if they weren't, but you never know. Um, so I recently watched the first Spider-Man movie with my son, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's still enjoyable. It, it's funny. It brings up the kid to me because I remember, and it's weird about the perceptions of, of time when you're younger. I remember waiting for that movie for months. I was so excited. I remember... I think I mentioned this on a prior episode, so I'm not going to rehash it too much, but, you know, waiting for the Super Bowl episode, uh, sorry, the Super Bowl trailer to drop, and then, you know, getting really bummed out about it, and anyway, so watching it with my son was very interesting, because, um, you know, I, I remember counting down every day in a, in a journal that I did for my creative writing class, uh, because I was so excited about the movie coming, I saw it twice on opening day, I was just so pumped, and then seeing it with my son, and it was, it was just, it was just weird, you know, that made me feel really old, because, when I saw the first Spider-Man movie, I would have been, I want to say 18. I wasn't even 19 yet. Um, I was, like, just, you know, 18 and a half, I guess. And, you know, now I'm watching it with, like, my kid and, uh, you know, my eight, my eight-year-old son. So he loved this first Spider-Man movie. There was only a few things that he didn't really like. 
Um, you know, it's not great with some some violence sometimes, uh, but for the most part, like the movie's fairly tame. Although there are some weird moments, like again, you do have Uncle Ben dying, you do have the you know the the burglar you know falling out of a, a window and dying. Uh, you do have the Green Goblin atomizing people and then also dying. Although I feel like his death is actually relatively tame in terms mm-hmm. of the others, um, which is kind of crazy. And then you have I'm trying to think. I guess that's it for that one. Like, who's then we watched Spider Man 2. He really likes Spider Man 2 because Doc Ock is awesome. And I think by the time we watched it, he already knew that he was coming back in the new movie. So I think that kind of made him like him even more. Is before I think they really confirmed that Willem Dafoe was definitely coming back as the goblin in the new movie. Um, so but yeah, he really likes Spider Man 2. And I think it helps again because even in Spider Man 1, you have the, the upside down kiss, which you have a version of that in Into the Spider Verse. Um, you know, in Spider Man 2, you have uh, you know, the elevated train stuff. Stop. Um, that's an Into the Spider-Verse. So he was recognizing some of these things that show up. Um, even in Spider-Man 2, like the, the you know, Spider-Man No More and the trash can, like he recognized that from a comic page. Um, so he really enjoyed that movie. And then we recently, I think just like last week or so, watched Spider-Man 3. And that was an interesting experience for me because, you know, when that movie came out, it was 2007, so I'd have been about 23 years old. Um, you know, and that was... Again, it was only five years after the first movie came out, but it felt like a lot more. I get weird perceptions of time as you grow, grow older. And it felt like a lot of time had passed at the time, but really not a lot had. And um, I remember being so excited for that movie, watching trailers for that movie, and then getting that movie and being kind of bummed about it. I did find I enjoyed it more now. Um I think part of it's because we've gotten more Spider-Man movies, and at the time it was such at a premium. Like this was the third Spider-Man movie. We weren't know who knew if we were going to get more, and this was it. And it just felt like such an odd choice. I, I feel like in that movie, just watching it again, like characters just don't talk to each other. Like MJ just flat out just doesn't tell Peter things about her job, and like she's upset about her job and like losing her, you know, her role in the production. But she doesn't really talk to him or communicate with him. No one really communicates well to each other. The timeline, the times, how much time is really passing is a little bit confusing um again there's some great ideas in it um i never really liked the uh, whole kind of salmon angle on on how uh uncle ben died um i zach definitely did not like the way they first show it because you have peter's imagining of it right where you know salmon just like just shoots him and it's pretty brutal and yeah zach did not like that um when we were watching the scene of spider-man in the black costume fighting the Sandman. So there was a... Before the second trailer for No Way Home came out, um, and everyone was speculating whether or not we'd see Toby and Andrew Garfield in the trailer, there was... Someone had put out... You know, there's so many things people put together and I can't find it it bugs me because Zach loved it so much. And it was just like a two-second clip and it was like, what does it mean to have Tobey Maguire in the, you know, in the in the next No Way Home trailer. And it was a shot of them fighting, Sandman and Black Costume Spider-Man fighting in the sewer, where Spider-Man just screams, everything! And it was all like a loop, so it would just be like, everything, everything. Anyway, Zach loved it. So we watched that part of the movie, and I, and I know what's coming. So I like, I kind of grab him, and I'm like shaking him a little bit, like to make sure he pays attention. And then it happens, and he started laughing, because he's like, everything! It's a traumatic, you know, it's a big climactic moment in the movie, and it means a lot, but... Again, that movie, what they do with the, the symbiote also doesn't always make sense. Like, often it just kind of presents like a, you know, just like a costume that he puts on. And I always, I always kind of didn't like that it was just a black version of his existing costume as opposed to being something else, um, which was kind of a bummer. Um, 
but you know Zach did not like Peter being angry and Peter you know kind of be having the symbiote classroom really start to influence him. My son did not appreciate that. He's always been very against, like he really gets upset about mind control and that kind of stuff. So seeing something like that, where someone is noticeably acting very different than they would normally act was very upsetting to him as well. Um, but again, into the spider verse definitely made some of it work better because, you know, we have the, you know, the Peter Parker walking around with this emo look and kind of, you know, doing his finger guns and his dancing. And he recognized that from into the spider verse. So again, that kind of stuff lands differently than it ever would for me as my first time reading watching it because i had no context i just was like what the hell is this and now someone who watches into the spider first first has oh i've seen this this is funny uh this is why they don't talk about this so it's very interesting to kind of see it through his young eyes again because he's seen something else before which really should you know, seen it after, but you're not always going to see things in order. And so we watched Spider-Man 3, it was over, and again, you know, not a great film. He was, uh, you know, I was a little upset there about MJ and Peter, but I was like, oh, it looks like they're going to get back together at the end. Like, you know, it's, it's more positive. He's like, okay. Um, again, there's a lot of death at the end there, because you do have, you know, Venom dying, you do have uh, like Sandman, does he just peace out? Like, he doesn't die. Like, I can't even remember the ending, because I feel like I walked out of the room during that part. You have Harry dying, so there's a, there's a fair bit of death in that movie, for sure. But, you know, a sense of optimism at the end. And then that's it, right? And then I want to show him Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, and I feel like those are much darker films. They feel darker. Um, especially, I mean, again, the second one, you kill off Gwen Stacy, and there's no real happy ending there, um, which I don't know how you would. And I was reminded today, because obviously I knew this, but, you know, that they had, you know, started to film scenes with uh, Mary Jane in Spider-Man 2, and thankfully they cut them, because... I think that would have made it a little bit extra overstuffed and also been kind of an odd choice to kind of introduce the new love interest uh, where you have an entire viewing, viewing going audience who's now fallen in love with Emma Stone but at the same time knows that MJ is supposed to be with Peter uh, because the first movie made that abundantly clear. Uh, sorry, first trilogy. Uh, even though you had a Gwen Stacy, it was a very different Gwen Stacy and not the Gwen Stacy we came to love in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. And so I, I'm a big fan of those movies but the first one definitely is dark. Uh, has some dark moments. They're they're both messy films. I like a lot of aspects of those films. Um, but yeah, and again, you know, we have Electro and we have Lizard coming back into for the new movie. So there's definitely a strong connection to those movies. So I would like to watch those too. In a lot of ways, I feel like I could just you know skip those uh, for the moment because again, they are a little bit more adult and just go right into Spider-Man: Homecoming and Far From Home because you know, as much as there are some serious things that happen there, generally speaking, as much, you know, skews a little bit younger, and a little bit jokier and funnier, um, you know, and uh, although I will say The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is a beautifully shot movie, even though it may not always be the best movie in terms of, you know, its overall intent, etc. It's funny, Amazing, like, I guess The Amazing Spider-Talk podcast has been around a long time now, because I remember listening to, you know, an episode when they, when, when with, they had an interview with Jerry Conway and they talked about Amazing Spider-Man 2 together. And that, you know, I can't believe that podcast is that old, um, that I still remember that. But watching the death of Gwen Stacy still gets me every time. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely rushed through, you know, you don't really feel that the Green Goblin isn't the Green Goblin. Like, I mean, he is there, Harry is there, but he's not even the right Goblin. Like, it just feels like a bit of a mess, but uh, there is something beautiful about as, and I think the first time I didn't like it as much, but I like uh, with the scene where you know Peter's trying to save Gwen as she falls in the ridiculously elaborate clock tower, which doesn't make any sense, but whatever. And he webs down to try and get her, and it kind of makes the look like a hand reaching for her. It is a beautiful kind of moment. It's 
kind of silly in some ways, but also, you know, tremendously kind of tragic that he's, that's his hand. That's him trying his best to, to save her. And when she hits, I still wince. Like, it's just like, whoa, like I did not expect it to, to hit that way. Um, and I don't know what other way I was expecting. Cause obviously in the comics, like, I don't know how you're going to show a slow motion crack, uh, without it being really excessive, but there's something about when you see that body hit the bottom and then just hanging lifelessly, like it's rough. Um, so again, like, I don't know if I can show my son that movie yet because he's only eight years old and I don't know if he needs to see, I think he knows Gwen Stacy dies. And I think that definitely helps is that <laughs> logically speaking, like he, yeah, or intellectually speaking, he understands that she as a character dies and she's not going to last. Um, but it's still hard to watch. But, uh, anyways, so I would love to show him again, the four movies he hasn't seen yet. And then eventually someday he can watch No Way Home. I just don't. Everything they've said about the movie, it's dark. It's you know not as fun as you're expecting. You know it's you know it's some of the uh, some of the uh, uh, the action sequences are more violent uh, than you've seen Peter be before. And I'm like, that sounds like a rough go. Like I don't I don't know if I want to bring my eight year old to that. Anyways, I'm not at least for the first episode, first showing. Uh, it's different as well when you can sit down with a kid and watch it in your home in a safe space. If they have questions, if they need to pause it, if there's something they don't really like. Um, you know, you're not in a movie theater where it's so loud, so big, you can't escape it. And if it's upsetting, you're kind of stuck in your emotions. And so, like, I don't necessarily believe in coddling kids, but I also think, you know, you got some kids are just going to be ready for things, some things earlier than others. Uh, we watched 8 Bit Christmas recently, which I loved. Uh, and Zach loved it all as well. But there was one sequence where a character, you know, kind of does a, an elaborate karate kick into a TV, knocks it over, and it lands on a dog. And they say, he killed the dog. And my son cried. And it's not even like it was an excessive scene in terms of gore. It was just like, boom. It was kind of like a slapsticky moment. But the fact that they immediately said, like, that dog is dead. And my son just cried. So I had to I Googled, like, is the dog actually dead? I'm like, oh, he's not actually dead. So it's going to be fine. Um, because, you know, like, and, and maybe that's one thing. You know, puppy violence is definitely one thing. Um, you know, and but he, he just could not handle that. And so... You know, there's certain things he can handle, and some, certain kids are going to be able to handle things at different ages. And there's nothing wrong with kind of being a kid and not having to watch, you know, fight sequences that are kind of brutal at times, or you know, just a little bit too much, or watching characters die on screen. You don't need to watch that if you don't if you're not ready for that. That's okay. And you know, there's going to be, you know, he's going to have his entire life to watch every Spider-Man movie under the sun because God knows, with me as his dad, he will eventually. Um, but uh, yeah, so he hasn't watched the four movies that would be, I guess, prerequisite for No Way Home. Um, and he won't be watching No Way Home for a while. But I am very excited about the movie. Uh, it's fun to kind of go back. You know, while I work, I, I've been watching aspects or like pieces of the different Spider Man movies. I haven't like kind of sat down and watched them all in full because I don't really have the time and ability to do that. But I'm like, you know what? I'll watch like, you know, through half an hour here and there. Or I want to watch this sequence from this. Or I want to watch how, how they did this. And so it's it's kind of. It's nice to kind of cherry pick the things that you like most about these, uh, and I have them all digitally anyway these days, um, so I can kind of just pull it on my iPad while I'm working, which is nice. So, uh, very excited about the new movie. Uh, I, you know, again, part of me doesn't want to see any spoilers. Part of me just wants to know if they're in it, and I don't know which part of me is going to win because uh, I don't want it to be spoiled. But at the same time, like I kind of, I don't know. I is it a? Spo- I mean, obviously it's a spoiler to know that they're in the movie, but it's more of a confirmation bias than anything i guess like i don't want to know how they're there what they're there what they do if anyone dies i want to be you know i I want to be able to enjoy that but you know i don't know um it's such an interesting movie in terms of again the 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 fan uh excitement and build-up is almost 
too much that I feel like people are going to be really disappointed almost no matter what they do. Um, so I guess we'll see. Anyways, thanks for listening as I've prattled on in this episode about many different things. Uh, you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, write the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. I will try to have the episode talking about No Way Home up relatively shortly after I see it. It may not be the Thursday, though. It might be the Friday. Um, but uh, thanks for listening. I really do appreciate you taking the time to do so. Um, and we will catch you next time. So for Comic Shenanigans, we'll see you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>